0: Hey, Whitewater family and friends, um, we love you. We've been praying for you. It's so good uh, to be here together. My daughter, on her sixth birthday, planned and planned and planned for a huge birthday. She invited all her friends and all uh, our family over, and on the day of her birthday, she woke up and it snowed, and her birthday was completely canceled and uh she was so disappointed she'd looked forward to the the cake and the gifts and the friends and just gathering together and um she was so disappointed but i remember we 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 ventured outside into the snow pretty soon we were playing in the snow sledding other people from the neighborhood came out um and we just had so much fun and we even um started seeing people get stuck on the hill and neighbors and everybody started helping people up the hill in their cars uh, people who needed chains, uh, were lent chains. People who needed milk or other groceries, uh, were provided groceries by the rest of the neighborhood and people just started sharing and helping each other. So what ended, what started with a cancellation ended in total inspiration. It was amazing. And a lot of us might feel like that to, today. Um, I was expecting to be able to gather. I was, I'm, I've been expecting to be able to work like normal and everything has changed. Um, and some people might think that the church is closed, um, and the the church is not closed. The church is open. Some people might think, well, the church is stuck. Uh, we're stuck in homes. No, we've been sent to bless a broken world. That is that The, the church has been made for this moment, and I just want to highlight that our church started as a scattered church we were we were scattered um blessing our community serving our communities we started in a home like right now i'm just in a you know a one room uh place and some of you guys are sitting there in your living rooms that's how whitewater started and i just want to remind us of how we began and and really how the early church began it was a it was a, a household movement and, and let me read you a, a quote about the uh, the early church when it faced tough times and challenges like sickness like we're dealing with. Uh this is an anonymous letter written to a governor in Rome in 140 AD. So this is ancient church. Uh this is what someone wrote about the church. Why this what the soul is to the body, that's what Christians are in the world. The soul is dispersed through all the members of the body and Christians are scattered through all the cities of the world. I think that's a beautiful picture. Right now is a time to focus on the scattered church, not the gathered church. Church isn't closed, the church has been sent to bless a broken world. Um, I just think that's so important for us to remember in this time. Um, And Lewis Mumford noted the, the first century church did this in response to crises and challenge. He says this, Instead, I'll read this with you, instead of escaping the ugly realities of their time, the Christians embraced them. By doing willingly what pagan non-believers diligently avoided, they, the church, uh, both neutralized and in some measure overcame the forces that threatened them. Christians visited the sick. Christians comforted the widow and the orphan. Christians redeemed the, the disgraces of star, starvation, sickness, and squalor, by making them an opportunity for fellowship and love. I mean, this is this is the 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 church that we are rooted in. This is our history. We were made for this. God created the church for times like this. This is our time to shine in the darkness. We're not made to be afraid of this. We are made for this. Um, so, what does that look like today? What does it look like for the church to be sent, not stuck, uh, scattered rather than focusing on the gather- gathering? We're focusing on the scattering. What does that look like? Well, we have Christians all over our world right now. They are sent into each sector of our society, influencing and impacting and transforming their world and our hurting world right now. We have people scattered through neighborhoods, Christians in neighborhoods, uh, Christians in homes, Christians in the healthcare uh, sector, Christians in the education sector, business sector, government sector, uh, men and women who are raising their, their kids at home, um, and people who are, who are trying to bless their community and put food on the table. That's what God is using the church for right now. And if we can see it, we can respond to that together in faith, hope, and love. Our church was made for this. So what I want to talk to you about right now is, is a model that we can learn from Jesus, a very practical model of how do we bless a broken world right now. So we're going to look at a passage in Mark, a short story, that that is a model that, that really hones in on three key steps. And here they are, see, care, and share. I want us to, to look at the first step, which is see. Let's look at how Jesus uh, models this for us. It says in Mark 6, uh, verse 34, when Jesus arrived, he saw a large crowd. It says he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw that they had fear. He saw that they had anxiety. He saw there was isolation, loneliness, shame, and even shaming within a crowd like that. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw that. And then there's the next step of caring. How do we care? Well, Jesus, it says that he had compassion on them and then he began to teach them. Uh, And caring sometimes is teaching. Verse 35, uh, we start seeing the disciples' response of care versus Jesus' response of care. Look at how Jesus cares versus the disciples. Verse 35, late in the day, his disciples came to him and said, this is an isolated place. And it's already late in the day. Send them away. He's talking about, uh, they're talking about the crowds. Send them away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something to eat for themselves. Let them take care of themselves. Look at Jesus' response and how he sees caring. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Don't send them away. You care for them. You give them something to eat. Caring sometimes is feeding someone and meeting practical needs. It goes on to say, but they said to him, should we go off and buy bread worth, uh, most, worth, worth most eight, eight months uh, of our pay and give it for them to eat? And they're really saying the need right now is greater than our capacity. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. But Jesus' response, he said to them, how much bread do you have? Take a look. Jesus is teaching them again to see differently so that they can care differently. Now, don't look at all the need that and all the resources you don't have and the lack, uh, the scarcity. Look at the abundance. Look at what you do have. After checking, they said, well, we've only got five loaves of bread and two fish and all these people. I can relate to this, the disciples a little bit on this one. But look at what Jesus does. He directed the disciples to, to seat all the people in groups, safe social distancing. And he, as they seated them in groups, as though they were having a banquet on the green grass, and they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And a few things I want to note here are there, there's teaching. Jesus cares through teaching, and there's words of hope. I'll read these with you. There's words of hope. That are given there's wise training that's given he's teaching his disciples and modeling for his disciples how to care for people the next thing is he cares for people through people he he says to his disciples you care for them don't just send them away and god loves to care for people through people so god wants to use you and me, and he wants to use us in our gifts and our abilities, and obviously with wisdom and prudence. But he wants to care for people through people. Um, the 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 other thing is um, that we—he's teaching his disciples to bless from what we have, not from what we don't have. It's so easy to focus on a, uh, what we don't have. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that, and then we start to have that kind of uh, uh, withholding tendency. And Jesus teaches us, bless from what you have. What do you have? What, do we have some bread? Do we have some fish? What do we have? And out of that is what we bless from. And I think that's very freeing. And a, a reality from this teaching is, again, Jesus is teaching us how to see properly so that we can care properly in a godly way. And um, he's teaching people to see from the perspective of abundance, not from scarcity, because uh, I, I think greed and scarcity create more problems than sometimes the sickness or the lack of resources themselves. Share, the, the third and final step here. Jesus teaches us that. Um, verse 41, he took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, broke the loaves into pieces, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them, and everyone ate until they were full. They filled 12 baskets with the leftover pieces of bread and fish, and about 5,000 had eaten. Just think about this miraculous, amazing moment where, where God teaches his, his disciples and this, these crowds that are learning and exploring faith in Jesus, really the power of, of our abundant and, and hope-filled God. Here's a few observations about how we share, or Jesus teaches us. Um, Jesus prays. He blesses the food. He prays, he blesses it, and he asks that God would multiply it, that he'd stretch it. Prayer is so important, that we're looking up to God, not just looking out at all the problems. We need to look up and pray. Uh, the other thing, you can go to that next, bread uh, given to the disciples is to be given through the disciples. What God puts in our hands He doesn't want us to just be closed-fisted. He wants us to have open hands. And he blesses uh, his disciples, but what's given to us is to be given through us. That's so important to remember. What has God blessed you and put in your hands that he wants to bless through you? And then the final one is bread is broken and given before it multiplies. Sometimes we have to go through the act like Jesus of, of blessing it and breaking it or dividing what we do have and giving it before we actually see it multiplied. And the mathematicians are like out there thinking, well, like I know math and there's only so much that can go around. But here's the thing. God has a, an amazing way of stretching things, an amazing way of multiplying things that we wouldn't account for. The disciples forgot. Uh, who they had with them. All they saw was the need and they forgot they had the God of all abundance, all creation with them. We forget that so easily. Jesus, as he's dividing it and breaking it and giving it, there's a reality that God can miraculously stretch things, but he also inspires other people through acts of generosity to begin to give. And I think if we are generous as a church, the world will start to pick up on that. Even if they don't know God yet, they can start picking up on the generous nature that they were created for. Um, the last point here is God's grace always stretches. God's grace always stretches. I want to get very practical. Practically speaking, um, we want to make sure that as we're blessing, as we're learning how to see, care, and share, that we're doing it with great wisdom, that we're following current, uh, advice and recommendations from the CDC and, and actual, uh, medical experts. Um, but within that, we, we want to be the church. We were made for a moment like this. And so as a church, we, we have created a few resources. Uh, we've created something we're calling the Community Care Plan. And we have a PDF. You can, you can get it and download the PDF, um, that has a few documents on our Facebook page. Um, and you can even email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Um, and someone will send this to you. So you can either download it yourself or, or email in, we'll send it to you. But we have a community care plan that just lays out basic steps for, for blessing your community. Simple things that you can choose to do as they make sense so that you can see, care, and share with your community. We even have, um, we have instructions on how to use it. Um, we have, uh, an, a letter that you can, uh, hand out to people in your community that helps bring the community together, at least in communication so you can know the needs. And it's a fantastic resource. And I really want to encourage you to look at that. Second resource is for our, our church community. Like if you have need or uh, know of somebody that really has need, you can email info at whitewaterchurch.org. And we will, we are putting together care boxes to give to people to be, to, to actually deliver and give basic needs if, if that should happen. So here's the basics of our community care plan and um, just some practical practical tips on how we can accomplish this together. The first thing is see. Uh, so see the ability to see the challenge but find the good. Again, it's so easy to just focus on what's wrong rather than what is good and what God is doing in a situation. Jesus teaches us that. So uh, we follow our focus. If that's true, where is your focus? It's so easy to be focused on what's hopeless, where we have anxiety, where we have worry, where the f- and let fear take over. And that's where like emotional emotions and those waves that hit us and we start acting and making decisions on a wave of emotion that's going to be that's going to pass. Those emotions are going to pass. We just have to let the wave hit us and we have to re- keep our focus on Christ. We have to keep our focus on the good things God is doing in the world and we have to be able to see the opportunities not just the obstacles. So we're in for difficult times with uh, the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. There's no doubt about it. And you you might be impacted personally, but if you're not, you might have a family member who is. And we have to be both sensitive and sensible. And we have to be sensitive to people. Some people might not be that affected, um, but there are ours are who will be, and we have to be sensitive to that, but also sensible in our decisions. So. Let's discover in our neighbors and our our neighborhoods and people that we love uh, needs and ask how we can help. It's kind of that simple. Um, You can text and uh, uh, call somebody or even knock. Obviously, we want to follow wise medical protocol um, with social distancing, but, you know, text, call, or knock. I think that's an important thing to remember. Um, We have to look for... Um, if we're seeing things right, we have to look for what's going on. We have to look for things like, are there relational dis- disconnections? Are people getting isolated? Is there, uh, what are the physical effects of COVID 19 in our neighborhood? What are the emotional effects, the uh, financial effects, the mental health effects on people? And uh, so that we can actually help them. We have to be keeping our eyes out like Jesus did when he had compassion. Um, for fear, anxiety, isolation, loneliness, shame, and shaming. There's even people who are afraid to buy things right now because they're afraid they're going to be shamed for buying something they really need. And um, it's important to see. My wife uh, just noticed uh, an older gal who's... Uh, she is our neighborhood saint and takes care of our neighborhood. She's, been, uh, she's not been seen as much, so my wife called her and found out because of the phone call that her husband might have had a stroke, And so my wife was able to start ministering to her. That doesn't happen, that connection doesn't happen if my wife doesn't make that call. I want to encourage you, call people, text people, even knock um, and find ways of blessing. Care. How do we care? Some practical ways to do that. Caring is the ability to act with compassion. It's the ability to act with compassion. And we have to see things that move our hearts to act. So Here's a few things to think about. Um, Buy groceries. That's a simple way of caring. Run errands for people. Text and ask, do you need something picked up from the store for you if you're able to do that? Um, Do you have any errands that you need to serve a vulnerable or a family that could really use it? We need to really listen and pray. And people are so anxious. Their spirits are so restless that if someone comes in with an unanxious presence and listens to them, and prays with them, it is so powerful. We need to pray with people, hear their concerns, and they need to see and be with someone who's not freaking out. And um, when we pray with people, it brings it brings Jesus into the equation, it brings the Holy Spirit, and it reminds us what this is all about. When we pray, even if you're not a Christian, you can practice praying, you, and God, I don't know if you exist, but I'm gonna pray to you right now, and it will help center and focus and calm you, and it will help connect you with God and help, and help that process if you connect with God. And not just think about yourself. You start thinking about other people. We're not called to just uh, be socially disconnected. We're called to be socially distanced right now. But we don't have to have social isolation. So call people and pray with them. I had an amazing call um, where I got to pray with someone. And it was a, such an awesome moment of connection and, and uh, so enriching for both of us. Sharing. Uh, This is a practical reality about sharing. Sharing is the ability to give generously of what you have. The ability to give generously what you have. Not what you don't have, but what you have. So share for the needs of others and share your needs with others. That just simply is um, being willing to share out of what you have. Buy extra groceries and, and give them away and um, have an attitude of sharing and an attitude of generosity. Think about others. Share with people, and don't be afraid to share your needs—emotional needs, emotional needs um, your relational needs, your um, physical uh, needs—with people who who could probably help you. Um, don't be afraid to share even financial need if you would if you would have that. Um, I recently heard a story um, where. A woman needed some toilet paper, and another guy had a bunch of toilet paper and all of a sudden, there was a fight that started happening verbally and then another person got involved, and two men started physically fighting over toilet paper we We need to show people a better way like when resources get short, people panic. And Christians, we have the God of all creation with us. And we need to demonstrate that we don't have to fight over toilet paper. We have a God God of abundance. And and the the world is looking for a better way right now. Uh, Let's give generously. If we really care, we will share with people. I wanna give you some practical questions to help you live into what we've been teaching, uh, seeing, caring, and sharing. If you've got friends or family or you're with your home group or you're just on your phone by yourself, these are really helpful questions um, to, to actually act on this practically. So C, who do we need to text, call, or not to discover needs? You know, who, How do I discover needs? Who do I need to connect with um, to discover actual needs? Uh, Second one is, where are we seeing needs and opportunities right now? The next one is care. Ask these two questions. How and who is God sending us to bless this week? You know, how is he sending us and who is he sending us to? Second question, who will we give care and prayer to this week? It's an important question. Next one, share. What can we share out of what we have? Next one, what needs do I have that I need to share in this time? Emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, or financial? Don't hold that in. So what is God saying to you about seeing, caring, and sharing? What are you going to do about it? Now, I want to remind you to, um, to get that PDF on our community care plan Uh, It will have just very practical steps for you. If you have any need, make sure to email in info at whitewaterchurch.org, and we can get a care kit taken to you. Um, Fill out the form there, and that'll really, really help you. We want to connect and help you. And this is my last thing. For anybody who's been listening who has been looking for a message of hope, and you might not consider yourself a Christian yet, I want to tell you today that you are an eternal spiritual being you're not a temporary physical being. Jesus teaches us that we are eternal spiritual beings. And Jesus sees you, he cares about you, and he wants to share the life of God with you. That's eternal life. And when we just take a step of faith and turn toward Jesus, it says that those who uh, ask, seek, and knock, I and mean, God will come into our life and we will have, etern- we will have eternity, a relationship with God. So would you just join me in a prayer of faith right now, asking for him to enter our life um, and to cast away fear to help us walk in faith. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you see me. You cared enough to die on the cross for me so that you could share eternal life with me. I wanna, I wanna give you my life the best I know how. Thank you. And God, I ask that you would help me in this fearful time to walk in faith, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen.